are you whispering? Who's whispering? I was whispering a secret command. Oh, okay. How are you? Are you unleashing the power of voice? <laughs> What's up? Uh, nothing. Just partying. Yeah? Just partying two, four, seven, throwing down <laughs> in this hizzle. Yeah. <laughs> yes. My hizzle is full of throwdown. <laughs> you can check. No, I want to. I will. Yes. 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 Lots of hizzle in my throwdown. Mm. Mm. They were uh, um, uh, they were out of the uh, Safeway Refreshay brand uh, seltzer water. Oh, no. So I got some Canada Dry original sparkling seltzer water. Oh, you know what? You, hold on. You reminded me. I got a new one. I got a new thing. Mm. Dan's, uh, Dan's getting something with a bottle. Is it a, kombu- is it a kombucha? It's one of these. Gosh. It's a sounds, uh, like my, sounds like my office. It's a, yeah, it's deteriorated. It's a Lacroix mm. kiwi sandia, kiwi which is kiwi sandia. and watermelon. Mm. And it's when one of the tall. My wife likes the pomplamoose. She's a fan of the pomplamoose. I haven't tried that one. That's the grapefruit. They got to give it a fancy word. How, this... Now, how are you enjoying? Are you enjoying this one? Well, uh, this is the you know I've had the coconut which is my favorite. And then there's the lime, but this, this one, I've only had one of these before. It's coconut LaCroix. That's kind of like the uh, pineapple pizza of uh, slack, right? Mm. Everybody's real worked up about whether it's okay to like coconut. Is that a thing? I don't, I, I like coconut. I don't care. I like coconut. I'll have some coconut. Well, <laughs> I mention it because, uh, you know, I drink a lot of seltzer water. Yes. P- perhaps an unhealthy amount of seltzer water. That's the thing. Is it really unhealthy? I don't know. I don't we'll find out is. when I'm dead. Yeah, right. um, the, the autopsy like, will reveal just volumes. And, I don't know. Run some samples. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm here to tell you this has a much more of a distinctive flavor to it than the Refreshé brand. This has a round, fruity flavor mm. lacking in the Refreshé. I'm not sure I like it better. I think I don't. But it's very interesting as a as a change of course. Now I should do a taste test with the Lacroix and and see if there's any. Uh, you know, comparison and contrast. Well, I feel like you owe it to the audience to put them yes. up side by side and let's do it. Let's do it. I see. Here's my beef right now. I got. I got to be in my bonnet. Uh, I, I don't know if I don't think San Francisco's water has Ugh. changed. I don't know if the Soda Stream configurator uh, configuration has changed. I think something's changed. Maybe with the bottles. I don't know. But all I know is I tried to go back because it's so much cheaper. And if you don't mind your kid turning up the TV really loud while you're charging your water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, my daughter uh, has, has some funny sibilances. And, and one of her funny sibilances, she doesn't learn how to, how to make the sh sound exactly. So I just from the other room, I hear, and that's her way of saying, stop charging your water. I'm trying to watch Bob's Burgers. Oh. She hisses at me. It's like being at a movie in San Francisco. It's excruciating. But my problem is I am detecting a very clear, chemically bleachy taste from my charged water soda streams that I didn't use to taste. So I'm trying some things. I'm trying washing the bottles super duper hard. I'm thinking I might stick them in a bag with some silica packets. You know? You know, uh, you know me and the humidity. Yes, the humidity is yeah. your enemy. Well, it's all relative. Oh no no! Dad, dad no. jokes. We got dad jokes. We got sacks and stacks of dad no. jokes. So, but I'm having this Canada Dry, and it's all right. I got a Canada Dry. I got an espresso, and I might break into a kombucha later. You never know. 
I've already had two kombuchas. I had I had a cranberry kombucha and I had a ginger aid kombucha. Is there a lot of sugar in a kombucha? Do you think? Not so much. Okay. It's got it's got probiotic living bodies in it. Sure. Why not? It's fermented. But as far as beverages go, I'm in pretty good shape now. I prepared. I allowed time. Oh, also, I prepared for the show today. I love the ones where you. Oh man, these, you like this those? is going to be a treat for me. Oh, thank you, thank you, Dan. I I uh, I have minimal follow up. Uh, I have three uh, things that listeners have contacted us about. I am going to have uh, two futurist hats and one parent hat today. All right, because I'm enjoying my futurist hat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have a joke for that. I uh, I got those. I don't have. Uh, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Uh, I've still been working with the uh, with the progressive lenses, trying them out a little. You know, a little more. Trying to get this is your this is your eyeglasses. Yeah, and the eyeglasses have task segmentation that can be a little hard to get used to. Right, this is true. Yeah, I, I first time I put. I guess I guess that's what I've got. I think it's the same thing. I've got C far away up here. I've got nothing for a little bit right here. And then I've got C up close down here. Is that what you've got? Something like that? Yeah, I, I don't know exactly how many. It seems to me like the the delineations in it are, there are many. They are multitudes. Mm-hmm. And uh, that the slightest up and down movement of your eye, it seems very dramatic. You're still noticing this. Yeah. And if you, it, well, I have, for, to be clear, I've only been wearing these for the last, like I had them in their case until not even a week ago. Oh, really? Yeah. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't bring myself to do it. Oh, you know, I mean, I can't speak for you. Only you can speak for you. But mm-hmm. I, I think you will adapt. I suspect. I mean, I, I found it really, really, remember the, I don't know if you remember this. I mean, I started wearing glasses for seeing far away and driving in my early 20s. Okay. And I, I remember it was like the first time I put them on, it, it was like putting on my dad's glasses when I was a kid. Like mm. everything looked so far away. You're like, I can't, why is the floor so far away? This is really strange, really warping. And then pretty soon you're like, oh my God, how did I ever drive at night without these glasses? This is mental. And so that, that's how I felt. I, when I tried on the progressive, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. There is no way I can do this. And the way, the way the guy explained it to me, doesn't matter that it's a guy. No, I mean, he explained it, it, it doesn't matter at all. I, I've had a lady up, up the metrician. Um, the way they explained it to me was you, your eyes are screwed up in like three different ways. You got mm. all kinds of screwed up with your eyes. Luckily it's not that bad, but on the one hand, yeah, you got an astigmatism. I got got a slightly like elliptoid eye. Mm-hmm. That's a normal thing. But also, you know, you don't see so good far away. You don't see so good up close. <laughs> you got a lot of problems. And so the top part where you're looking straight ahead, looking at the TV. Yes, now I can read what it says in the Netflix description where I normally couldn't. Right. Then there's a very small little area that's like a, an optical DMZ that does nothing. And then you get to the bifocally part at the bottom. And if I hold something in front of my face, like eight inches from my face, it's in perfect focus. And the first time I put, anyway, I'm just saying, like you, I assume, the first time I put those on, I was like, there's no way I will ever be able to wear these in public. I will just be, I will be falling down all the time. Yeah. Does it give you a headache or anything? Uh, I haven't, I haven't seen that, but uh, I wore them. Mostly what I've been doing is just wearing, like uh, I'm, I get to the office, I put them on. And I take mine off when I'm at my desk because they don't, they, looking at the 5K iMac, it does nothing for me. 
but you know, if I'm reading something or if I'm watching TV, like it's, Ooh, it's greatly enhanced for me. Are you see, because my regular distance glasses, if you will, I have to have those on at all, at all times, close up, far away, everything. Mm-hmm. So for me, this is just, uh, supposed to make it easier to look at the things that are up close or small or like my iPhone or looking, look, reading a book or something like that. And mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be able to have these on and look straight ahead. And so they, the way they've got this thing rigged is so that if I look at the top, that's like, I'm looking at, looking around, walking around, looking around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then just a little bit below that, a little tiny bit, one millimeter below that, maybe half a millimeter. I can't do metrics. Mm-hmm. Then that is for now I'm looking at a, like a computer screen a little bit lower than that. Maybe I'm looking at something, you know, that on the desk. And then the bottom is like, I'm looking at my iPhone or a book and it's magnified. And, and so that's how they've got this thing worked out. The lower I look, the more magnified, I guess it, it does. So looking at a computer feels great. But the other thing that it is, is the way that this pattern is the, I guess the way that it, the magnifying happens is it's not fully across the entire length uh, or, or height rather, I'm sorry, of the glass of the lens. No, 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 it's, not at all. It, that's, it, that's, they wouldn't be progressive then. Right. It starts out in like the center and kind of spreads out like a, a melting candle. Mm. And yeah, I've seen like, a, like in the office to show you like a drawing of this and it's pretty scientific. It isn't just three. It isn't like a Rothko painting. You right. don't get like three horizontal lines. Right. There's like a like a ovoid sort of. Right. I don't know how you describe it, but there's like a, an amoeba like shape mm-hmm. to it. <clears throat> that's very disorienting. Yeah. Well, you know, and here's the way they, they you know, they laid it down. And they're like, hey, you know, the thing is, y- your eyes are screwed up. Right. So you can choose how you want to do this. You can either have these progressive lenses like a grown up, or you can have two pairs of glasses that you wear like you're a librarian with all due respect. You can just have like, you can have these fixies, these single purpose lenses that you take on and off like a weirdo, or you could just get used to having these. Yeah. Cause either that or you're just not going to see right. So if you get just the distance ones, like you're living in the seventies, mm-hmm. like you're not going to be able to read. You're going to have to, Oh, I have to get my reading glasses. Let me get my television glasses. Let yeah, me get my then, arguing on the internet glasses. Then you got five different pairs of glasses that you're schlepping around and you're like, this is yeah. ridiculous. That's no way to live. No. Well, we've got that settled. <laughs> you know, stick with it. Stick with it. You know? All right. What's the worst that can happen? You flip a car. <laughs> yeah, that's that's something. Yeah, you shouldn't be reading while you're driving. <laughs> All right. Well, I put them back on now. See, look at the screen. Look how good this screen looks. Yeah. No eye strain. Yeah, look at it. Mm-hmm. You can see every retina. Oh, I don't have a retina screen. No, <clears throat> you don't. No. Hmm. Boy, it's hard to go back. I didn't. I didn't used to believe that, but now. Well, mm. I've got a retina on my laptop, but my regular screen is a two hundred and fifty dollar BenQ screen. Hi. That sounds nice, BenQ. Thank you very much. Thank. stacks and stacks of dad jokes. So it's been a big week. It's already diggity March. Can you even? Yeah, how's it going so quickly? Ugh, yuck. So much school year gone by. Oh my goodness. They're doing fractions now. Fractions in school? Fractions in school. They teach it in school. They can't have prayer, but they got fractions. Go figure that out. Your kids in San Francisco, your daughter's like, what is, what grade is she in? Third? 
third. They're doing stuff in third grade. We don't do here. She's reading on a sixth to eighth grade level. That's amazing. (laughs) Yes. Standardized testing. Yuck. Take a dirt road, but still makes me happy on those. Uh, Yeah. They're doing, what are they doing? They're fractions. They're doing, um, this, I want to call it factoring, but like they're learning to more and more like estimating, like estimate 23 times six and tell me how you estimated it. And I've learned, actually now I am learning. I'm learning tricks I never learned. Right. I learned I learned you could do 20, 20 times six plus three times six. I must have learned that at some point. But Just, 23 times yeah. six in my head, I would go, duh. But 20 times six plus three times six. It totally makes sense. This is like when I learned how to do a tip in college. It's transformative. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't really teach us to estimate. Estimating was not popular in the 70s. The Cold War was raging. Mm. Fonzie had his motorcycle. And nobody knew how to do anything with numbers. Did you get a chance to watch the um, the computer episode of the '80s that I recommended to you? Oh no! But I, you know what? I'll add it to the list. It's you know, it's it's I'm a good clicking. way to spend 30, 40 minutes of your time. I feel it's, like uh, I, I feel like I've watched it. I got to watch the X Planes for Syracuse. I got to watch a CNN '80s computer episode. I Captured. think it's episode six or seven. Yeah, I'll figure it out. Did uh, did you get to see Logan? No, no, I heard you saw that. No, we, I don't get to go to movies much. I gotta see the, I gotta see the uh, Get Out movie. I want to like, tell I you, I, I want so to tell you about Logan. Spoiled on these movies. I want to tell you about Logan without right. ruining anything in it. And and you got a general, you got a general thumb feeling on it. Yeah. Um, first mm. of all, I it's rated R. Oh, I heard, I heard it's crazy violent. Well, there's a lot of F. Um, and by the way, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. Nothing okay. will be spoiled because there was a we had a listener who was concerned that we would spoil it. I'm not going to do that. Yes. I hate that. Mm-hmm. It there are lots and lots and lots of f bombs, and it would be rated R just based on the language. There was no like c words or anything like that, but the, lots mm-hmm. and lots and lots of f words. There's no there's no sex in it. I think uh, it's it's fine in that regard. The the violence is definitely there in a Wolverine kind of a way. Oh, really? I heard it was really bad. I don't know. It didn't... I mean, clearly, because I live in America, I'm desensitized to all forms of violence anyway. But, you know, compared to a lot of the other movies where I think the difference is in a lot of the movies that we see, the superhero-type movies, people are getting punched and kicked. And in this case, they were also getting punched and kicked, but there were adamantium claws involved. So there, oh sure, that's gonna give you plus ten damage, right? So in that sense, it was. But um, my nine year old son was very, very interested in in this movie. Wolverine is probably his favorite, or at the very top two or three characters that he just loves. And I thought, okay, you know, historically, he's he's the stuff that disturbs him. It's got to be like creepy, you know. You did not take him to this. Oh yeah, we saw it together on Sunday at the <gasps> Alamo. You're kidding me! Oh, he loved it. Thought it was great. It's totally rated R. There's no sex in it. It's fine. Hmm. Wow! 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 How'd he do? Oh, he loved it. He thought it was great. He he and I hmm. almost cried together at one oh. part. It was oh. a very bonding kind of a thing. Uh, but uh, it uh, it's it's um, as the kids say, it's depressing AF. And, um, and, and I, and the whole thing of, I mean, I'm not giving anything away. I'm not spoiling anything when I, when I say that Wolverine is, is very old in this movie and his, as a result of his adamant, again, nothing being given away here, 
mm-hmm. as a result of his adamantium skeleton, which we you have you have educated us many times that it is poisoning him. I guess he's after, constantly he's constantly healing against his natural just being himself. His body is constantly trying. He's in constant pain, constant pain, constant healing, and the I guess taking the toll <laughs> after a long I don't know a hundred two hundred years of of yeah. this, especially with the adamantium skeleton, that it it has it, it's <clears throat> essentially pushed him to where he can no longer uh, heal the way that he used to, and in fact, not only that, but he's he's essentially sick from this from this skeleton, this metal that's been in him. And his ability to heal is in decline and he is aged and he is old and he is beaten down in a lot of ways. And uh, it pretty much just like being in your forties, really it's, this is a, Mm -hmm. this is a movie called Wolverine in his forties, basically. Um, Who, who has according according to, according to um, Google, which is never wrong in the movie, he's approximately 137 years old. I feel like it's more, I think it's got to be more. Well, you think about in the movie, all the wars he's been in. He was born, I thought, in the 1800s, and this movie takes place in 2024. Oh, wow. Okay. So, okay. All right. Don't don't tell me too much more. Um, that's it. I mean, this is all. All right. But, but that, you, it, you you give it a thumbs up. Oh yeah! Like this is the most. This is the most Merlin of any superhero movies that I've ever seen or known existed. This is the, the, this is the one you will most connect with. It's my prediction. You may come back and say, Dan, you're totally wrong. You've got, you've got to see this movie. You have got to see this movie. You personally (laughs) must see this movie. This movie will, you will resonate with this. Uh, I, I, I I can't say it strongly enough. Please go see Mm. this movie. All right. All right. Get Out was at the top of my list, but I'll have to I'll have to see. Oh, look at that. It's okay. It's downtown. All right. All right. You've All got right. to. So uh, put it on the list. It's on the list. Depressing AF. Yes, it really is. <laughs> it's all about grow, growing old. Mm. The, ra- the ravages of time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, Dan, I think we have some, uh, some sponsors this week. Is there something that, uh, you'd like to uh, tell me about that you like? I would love to tell you about a longtime sponsor that, uh, you and I both, both enjoy and love. It's Casper. Oh, Casper. I got an anecdote for you, buddy. Well, let's hear it. Yeah, well, I don't want to screw up your bit. I mean, do your, it's your, it's your show. Do whatever you want to do. <clears throat> I bought, I bought a, I bought a, a Casper with my own money last week. What? I'm, really? Yeah. 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 Well, I, I, I don't know if you remember, I think I told you this for, over a year, my uh, daughter has unironically been demanding that my wife and I cut our king size Casper in half so that she could have one too, because she really prefers our bed over hers. She's got, you know, like an Ikea mattress. She's got like a Swedish mattress. It's is, fine. Is there such a thing as an Ikea mattress? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't understand these people who always talk about arguing with their mate at Ikea. We're never happier than when we're at Ikea. Really? I love Ikea. Oh, I can live at Ikea. <laughs> That's what the kids do now. They have parties at Ikea. Most marriages end at Ikea, I think. Is that right? Is that, <laughs> is that a statistical thing? <laughs> well, I mean, I read it. I wrote it yeah, down. Yeah, I, I know. It. I know. It's depressing AF. <laughs> it is. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so lost these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I, I finally I said, you know what? You know what? Sleep is important. I went and I, I popped. I popped. I went, I went to the Casper <laughs> website and I popped. Yeah. I popped for a twin size mattress for my daughter. It arrived. I, I got photos of her taken out of the box. I don't want to get Mindy Kaling on this, so I didn't post these. But no, with my own money, I bought this thing, and she loves it. Now, funny part is that she had like an old mattress. Then we got her a newer mattress. So 
we used the first mattress as a kind of box spring, had the second, the Ikea mattress on top of there. Uh-huh, right. Can you see where this is going? Yes. So I, I mean, the third mattress, she has three mattresses on. She's like, for being a nine-year-old girl who hates princess stuff, it's pretty hilarious that she has officially a princess bed. Seriously. She has a canopy bed with three mattresses that she has to climb into the bed. She must she could love not, it. She must love she that. Be, oh my God. It's like sleeping in space. <laughs> my concern is though, if you, if you map this over time, she will eventually be pushed against the ceiling. <laughs> if we keep adding mattresses without taking out old ones. And I'm just here to tell you, I popped with my own money. I went and I bought one of these things and she's thrilled. She loves it. She, she, she sleeps like a, like a baby princess. Well, uh, I, I, I'm trying to imagine have you done any, have you measured how high this is off the ground? No, I can send you a photo though. Is, yes, please. Yeah. I mean, it's not, not for sharing, but I'll, no, no, no of course, of course not. Well, Kat, for those who don't haven't figured this out by now, Casper makes uh, really great mattresses that both, probably should have, probably should have said that both Merlin and I own these things. And their goal was to create a perfect mattress and they wanted to sell it directly to consumers. That's skips over that. It, tedious frustrating process of having to have warehouses full of mattresses that you then have to go in and lay on for 30 seconds and have someone pressuring you and telling you about their fourth of july sale and you don't want any of that it's terrible and it's president's day buy yeah, a mattress that's right come in buy a mattress 20 percent off of our already uh bloated prices day. thank you for your service no well they came out with uh, with a really wonderful mattress that they ship directly to us. And the way they do it, they put it in this seemingly impossibly sized box. And when you, you open up the box, the mattress is in there and it's all rolled up. And when you release it from its sheath, it <laughs> inhales and, uh, and oh, did your daughter see that? Did she get to see that? Oh, yeah. No, we waited till mom came home so we could do the oh, whole thing. So cool. And then this yeah. thing, it breathes and it expands into a regular old mattress sized thing somehow from this tiny little coiled up thing. Uh, they, they, they just it's it's amazing. And what they also do is they have uh, they now do pillows. They do sheets. They, they're they're cornering this market. And it's dangerous to compete with them, I would think. But uh, <laughs> they are not, not advisable. No. But this, it's a breathable design, which is important in the, in the places like where Merlin doesn't live, where they never need air conditioning. Where I am here in Texas, if your mattress does not breathe, uh, get rid of it and get one of these, I'll tell you what, because it makes you feel so much cooler at night. It's amazing the difference it will make. And it's risk-free. You get to try it uh, for 100 nights at home. They send it out to you. If in any time in that 100-night period, if you don't fall in love with this thing, they will come pick it up. And they'll refund you everything. It's uh, it's kind of amazing. So uh, go check this out. Go to casper.com slash it's your show. Casper.com slash it's your show. And you'll get $50 toward any mattress purchased using the code it's your show. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you very much to Casper for supporting 5x5. Five five and back to work with Merlin Mann. Bok, bok. Thank you, Casper. <clears throat> I'm looking two photos. at this photo. Okay. okay, now hang on, hang on. I need to explain this. <laughs> yes, I need to explain. Yes, you this. do. <laughs> well, okay. I was. I sent this to Syracuse because we were talking about the condition of our. I just want to point out that. Okay, two There's things. A lot First happening. All, well, number two, that is actually in the process of cleaning. Because look at the bookshelves. Yeah, they're empty. They're emptied okay, out. Okay, so yeah. so she has way way 
way too many books and they have intruded into every part of the house. So we had four piles. We got a pile for we. This is definitely going to be we're going to donate this like uh, SpongeBob SquarePants special tie in uh, booklet, this, you know, level one uh, Return of the Jedi book, like all of those little crappy books. Those all get donated. Number two, we got we're going to keep these, but we're not attached to them. We're going to do the Martha Stewart and probably put them in the basement for a while. We got these other ones here that are the current books that get a special place on the shelves. And she's also she started a reference section, so she needs more section oh, for man. reference books now. And then and then you've got the what we call the precious books, and that's the ones that by mutual assent we agree like we cannot get rid of our co- copy of Goodnight Gorilla or you know what have you. Oh right, sure, very sentimental. You know the the special ones, yeah. <clears throat> but so I have to mention this, uh, not to talk out of school. This is the day after our house had been professionally cleaned, and this is what it looked like the next day. Oh, so one day. Uh, but you could see up on the bed, she's uh. She She's like, what, how, four feet in the air? Yeah, it looks like it. I mean, she's up there. She's up there. So you've got, for people who can't see this photo, which is, I think, everyone. Yeah. She got a shark. There's a traditional white bed frame, which has, just like Merlin's saying, it looks like, I don't know, is the bottom one a mattress or a box spring? I think that's the original. That's the OG mattress. Okay. That might be the Ikea mattress. I'm not sure. Do you think, I mean, does it, did she need a box spring too? No, well, the problem is when I get up here, we uh, we have this big book of important American law cases we like to read. So I hop up there with her to read this, and the entire thing jiggles now. It's like it's like you imagine. It's like being on top of like a, a like a Jenga tower made out of gelatin. It's like whoa, 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 <laughs> which she likes. It wobbles. This is not structurally sound, but it's no. a good place to read an Archie comic. So we're working on the book thing. Do you think if she reached her hand up? She could touch the ceiling because it looks like no, almost. but she needs to be careful about the jumping. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we eventually got rid of our bed frame and just went with like a straight. Once we got our Casper, we went with mattress on the floor, Casper on top, and it's been great. It's much more solid. She can like run on our bed now and doesn't make the house shake. <laughs> <clears throat> it's like living in a dorm. Yeah. And you got Avatar. What's the second the photo, though? Oh, that's just her in the Casper box. She okay. likes to get when we get a Casper. She likes to get in the box like a Dalek. Meat mop. I like that one. It's a. I mean, it's a kid sized box. You could fit a kid in the box, but I carried that up in my mental. I've been 137 years old. I am. I carried this up the stairs, up uh, up two flights of stairs by myself. Then I had to rest for a couple of days. Yeah, really. Don't blame the mattress. No. Blame my adamantium. You gotta see this movie. Yeah, I guess I feel like I really gotta see Get Out though. That's the one I'm really worried about getting spoiled on. Get out. Get out. It's the Key and Peel guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's the other guy. The guy, the guy, the Obama guy. He's great. He's great. I get their names mixed up. I get so confused. Keenan Michael Key and Jordan Peel. It's Jordan Peel's movie. A twenty seventeen American satirical horror film. Yeah. Written, produced. Check out the tomatoes on that stuff. Jordan Peele. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, I okay. Mean, you do, do a twofer. Go and get both and sneak into the second one. That way you don't Hey, honey, to pay for while you're once. at work today, I'm going to go see two movies. Can you take care of everything? It's for the job. This is the job. Oh, it's for my work, my business papers. Yeah. That's, you know what? That's a really good point. I mean, I'll think, present it as that. It's, first of all, A, it's for the job. Second, it's, it's yes. for the listeners. Yes. Let's, say, let's yes. say that you wanted to record a podcast. You would need to get a microphone for that. You wouldn't have to say to your wife, I can't, re- I can't record the show. Why not? We have no microphone. There's no microphone. She well, go get go one. Honey, go, go get a microphone. Further. This is impeding my career. This is a career impediment. Every day that I don't go and watch two movies on a weekday, 
You know what I'm saying? This is, this is getting in the way. This is keeping me back. How's she going to know? This is why we live like this. Especially if you sneak in in the second one, how's she going to know that you went at all? Oh, that's true. So can that's you true. pick up some, you know, milk and, you know, a loaf of bread on the way home? Sure. 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 How was yeah, work also, today? You know, work we, we, was we great. Those, I did something um, important. We, our family invests in those year long buckets that you can get from, um, what's our chain? Century. What? You get a bucket. You a lot can of get things you said made no sense to me just right, now. Salad. Let me, let me walk that back. <laughs> you can get a bucket. So the, the best way to do this is the first time you go to a movie in a new calendar year, you buy the drink bucket and you buy the popcorn bucket. And then refills are less costly. You bring your bucket back. You go home, you clean the buckets. You bring the buckets back with you. Now you get less costly refills of your drink and your popcorn. And it says 2017 with the, with a check mark on there. You get you get bucket refills for a calendar year for for a, a lower price. Okay, you know that's what I do. So I got to walk around with buckets in my backpack. <laughs> <laughs> buckets in my backpack. I don't know <laughs> how I feel about it. I don't know how I feel about it. Well, it's not as clean as it could be. You know, you got to reuse them. You yeah. want to really clean. You don't want that popcorn uh, grease to 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 accrete. No, you don't want to accrete your bucket. I love the word bucket. Oh, uh, bucket. How big Funny. is the bucket? Big bucket. Pretty, pretty, pretty big, pretty, pretty big bucket. You get a big bucket for the corn. You get a big bucket for your drink. And so I can go and I can get a seltzer refill and it's only three fifty. Yeah. That's a good feeling. Go and spend $13 on water in a movie. That's a good feeling. Mm. Don't pirate. Brr. Do you have an Alamo up there? Yeah, I haven't been yet. I keep meaning to. That's the, not, that's the way to see a movie, I'll I tell you know, what. I know. I used to get, the place where Scott Simpson and I used to do our jokey comedy thing uh, was like right across the street from what became the Alamo. So I watched it being redone to become an Alamo. It's just, it's it's in the mission. It's not super Oh yeah, that's not easy. convenient. No, and we've got a place, you know, about a mile from here that is, that shows uh, movies. So that's usually where we go. It's very we hard to, to argue against convenience, especially when it comes to seeing a movie. Oh, it's true for so many things. It's really, really true. Uh, it's, I mean, you know, there's that whole idea of like, you know, finished is better than perfect or whatever, however the cliche goes. But it's also just c- convenience will almost always win unless you deliberately change your life. I'm not just talking about movies. This is true for so many things. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. And plus, you know, it's it's nice to patronize a, a pseudo local business. Oh heck yes! You know, it's kind of filthy and understaffed, and uh-huh. it's weird, and <laughs> everything's expensive, and the mm-hmm. sounds not that good, and seats are at a weird angle. Yeah, and people talk; they just talk. They come in and talk. Come on, this is hidden figures. This is not a talking during the movie. Movie, don't talk. <clears throat> so, it's been a big week. So, uh, two, is it okay if I, if I do some of these, uh, did you have anything else? Oh, what do we got for follow up? The internet came back. The, the S3 was, all came, uh, all came back. And the, and did they, now you, you're the coder here. Apparently there was a typo of some kind that made the internet go down. Is that true? <laughs> yes. Uh, they, uh, long, long story short, some, someone, and, and they make very clear that it was an authorized person mm-hmm. was, it was, Doing something where they were supposed to bring down a few of the S3 uh, services in order to do some kind of maintenance or something. But instead of bringing a couple of them down, they brought down all of them on the eastern seaboard. Something That's like what that. happened? Yeah. And it was apparently like they typed – instead of typing ls-la, they typed 
ls-la-h and that was the wrong directory right something like that Uh, it was it was a a like literally like they typed the wrong command line they need to update their profile dan they need to put an alias in there right they typed a 100 instead of a 10 or something and and that was enough so now they've taken measures so that can't happen again install install a no clobber you gotta put a no clobber (laughs) yeah Yeah. So that's the that's the story. Somebody did a typo and it took down. Sure, you want to LSLA one hundred? Yeah. Yep. Boy, can you imagine? Can you imagine being that person? Imagine that. (sighs) Ah, ah. What a what a what a a time we live in. You know the confusion at the Oscars. You know that was madness. That was really really, and the explanation for it is so. Interesting. Did you they, did you see all of the um all of the people uh or not all the people all the people the one person who uh came out with a alternative card of what it should have could have or should have looked like that would have oh, eliminated a, the possibility uh, they did a redesign. Of, yeah, I saw Andy Naka's screen grab, and I have to agree there are several things about that card that could be done better. Yeah, uh, the opsec of how that is implemented with the two briefcases also. <laughs> you could see how there'd be some fallibilities. Gruber talked about this though. And this is my, my exact thought when I was watching this is what Gruber thought, which is this would have been a, would have been less. This is such an old story already, but it is, it is very interesting in like how you can improve things operationally on the one hand. Like it wouldn't have been such a big deal if it had been earlier in the night, it was a big deal because it was best picture. And it was a very controversial decision that people had strong fa- opinions about, mm-hmm. but also at most other times of the night, this wouldn't have happened or it would have been caught sort of immediately where you would go like, and the winner, like say whatever came after fantastic beasts, like, you know, if whatever came after best costumes, if you said the winner was fantastic beasts for what, you know, best supporting actor or something, everybody would be like, no, that doesn't, that they weren't nominated for that. Right. But in this case, both these movies were up for, especially La 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 Land were up for so many things that, I mean, just bad timing. But also, like, when you really think through this, though, you got two briefcases with the envelopes in it. And I guess each time, so depending on which side of the stage you're on, a Price Waterhouse Cooper person hands them the envelope, maintaining the chain of custody. And presumably, their uh, counterpart on the other side of the stage discards or removes that envelope as the other person gives it, right? That's how it's so supposed the, to work, yeah. You're down to the you're down to the end of the night. There's two envelopes. But the guy was apparently he was tweet he was taking pictures of uh of uh Emma. That's understandable. And and taking pictures of her and tweeting her and just handed the wrong thing out. Okay. Unforgivable. But, but you see where I'm going with this though. You get to the end of the night, there's two envelopes left. You have one envelope and that's gonna be for well, that was Emma Stone for Best Actress, right? Right. That was that's yeah. the whole problem. Is yeah. the penultimate envelope title was Emma Stone Best Actress. So now you have, <laughs> if you're doing this right all night, you've been following this, you've been going through these in order, the protocol has held up, you're down to the end, there's literally one envelope left yeah. that you give the wrong one. Like that's, that's the part that seems so strange. Like of all the times to mess up, it's like when you're down to two envelopes, that just seems, well, you know, but maybe if you think about it, like if you're going back to front, I assume it's probably back to front. Uh-huh then you could always count on whichever one is behind this. It's like the 43 folder system, right? The, uh, the file thing. And you go like, okay, well, no, no, I always know this, the one behind here that I go to next. Then you get to the end, maybe you have a brain fart 
you grab the wrong one. It's all very confusing. <sighs> Operational security, they call it. Operational right. security. We're 35 minutes in, Jiminy. All right, we got some nice, uh, some nice feedback from people. Can I put on a futurist hat for a minute? Yeah. This is uh, uh, some feedback we received from listener Andrew. Uh, and he's asking about the hubbub around how soon self-driving cars are going to uh, come about. Right. He said, I've been continually surprised, quoting listener Andrew. Hi, Andrew. I've been continually surprised by what seems to be a now broad cultural consensus that self-driving cars are just around the corner and that the associated resulting culture shock is as well. I'm at a loss to think of another example of this kind of consensus of expectations regarding a technology that doesn't exist yet or is in its infancy. That was an interesting idea. Maybe prognosticating about the impact of tech is now an accepted part of general cultural dialogue and that in itself is new. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I have lots to say about the self-driving car issue that I'll try to keep brief. But what do you think about that phenomenon? Do you think, do you think punditry and prognostication is moving further into the mainstream? I mean, does everybody have a futurist hat at this point? Well... Not I don't know. I think, but more, but more, more people than say, like you know, ten, twenty years ago. Yeah, I mean, it feels like in a way, though. I remember being a kid and always thinking about what's coming next, what the big thing is next, what are we going to do and see next. But we, I was always thinking like, like I think the article talked about jetpacks and things like that, and I think that was the analogy he makes that like back then we were expecting we were going to have jetpacks, right? Am I? Did I read the same article? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the two examples that people use to the point of meta joke cliches are jetpacks and moving sidewalks, right. because based on, you know, like we said so many times, the speculative fiction and futurism of any given era tends to reflect like one of the most recent developments. Right. So that's why sci-fi in the twenties and thirties involved radios and sci-fi in the fifties involved televisions and sci-fi in the sixties involved space. Cause that was like, that was the latest thing that we could sort of extrapolate on. So it, it makes total sense that that's how you would, you try to extrapolate from like what's already happening. It's like, yeah. well, if we have rocket missiles that can go around in an orbit, how long will it be before we have a rocket backpack that'll let us fly around like Buck Rogers? Right. I don't know. I mean, what do, what do you think? Do you think that it's almost a requirement now that, that that kind of speculation take place? Is that what you're saying? I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, I mean, well, first of all, I, I, this is, I don't, I don't really mean this as, as a promotion, but I will say that on the episode of Reconcilable Differences that comes out on this Thursday, the show I do with John Syracuse, uh, we talk a lot about self-driving cars. So part of this is I've had a chance to think about this a little bit. Right. And our discussion comes down to well, sort of what listener Andrew said, like, wow, everybody seems to think that this is really right around the corner. How right around the corner is it? And, you know, I do think more, I mean, as everybody gets more computer devices and it becomes much more normal to like just use an internet connected device through so much of the day, I think you can't help but become a little bit of a pundit. You know, whether that's just in terms of like, I wish this app worked differently, a really obvious one, why does my battery run down? You know, there's all these kinds of like consumer facing things that a normal person doesn't even really think of as technology. <laughs> right, right. It's just like, you know, any more than like John wants a toaster that, that can suitably toast bread in less than five minutes. It's like, it's just, it's a consumer facing thing. So without spoiling this episode, my, my and this, this is going to run through a couple things we talk about today. I think it's, 
Hmm. I think it's useful to break down, well, you know, when we say something like self-driving cars, well, it depends what you mean by self, not to be all Bill Clinton, it depends what you mean by self-driving cars. <laughs> you know, it depends what your definition of is is. Um, I think, I think when we look at these technology things and forgive me, but I feel like I, I, must, I must say these things a lot, but I think we get way hung up in this black and white idea of like, either this thing will be fully implemented in this way that I can envision, or it won't because it's a failure and everyone will die. It's like, <laughs> no, that's for everything you're looking at. You've got to take off these, you've got to try and remove your cataracts about how the past worked in order to understand not simply what you can speculate about the future, but taking into account the orders of magnitude, you will be wrong because technology can't be predicted. So like if you only ever try to follow one arc, you can try to guess where this thing in time will happen. But what, you're, what you can't, won't and can't account for is how many other things happen concomitant with that. Do, do you know what I mean? Like it's, you know, that so jetpacks didn't happen, but the Internet did. Right. That's weird. Right. What is the one thing that like every sci-fi thing, almost every sci-fi thing utterly missed was the idea of like planet wide connectivity in real time which in some ways is much huger than a jetpack. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we mm -hmm. can still get around just fine. But the idea that like, you know, you have this intercom to the planet in your pocket is bananas. If you think about it, it's just that now that just seems normal because we've had, you know, 20 years to get used to it. So I don't know. I mean, I had a lot of speculation here. I can just leave off, but here's my short version of this with the self-driving cars. And I don't want to spoil this episode, but what I've come to believe is that and I'm, I'm, I'm copying a little bit from Syracuse, who's much smarter than I am. But I think, I think one thing we get wrong is guessing, trying to guess in this black and white thing. When people say self-driving cars, well, there's the, like, can you make a car that runs on its own and doesn't blow up in a shower of sparks and kill everybody? Well, yeah, that's possible. Will every car, that any, will the need for people to have or hire a car to drive themselves for any purpose for all times when will that go away completely yeah i have no idea i don't think that's going to be in the five-year window <laughs> you know um but my in this case this is why i think it's valuable to break it down because you say okay well, what do you mean by self-driving cars like look at industry and in industry this is not even a discussion in industry this is happening I'll refer again to this great CGP Grey video, Humans Need Not Apply, which is one of my favorite things in the world. Very thought-provoking, which is the idea that, like, no, it's already here. Like, Amazon already has little robot cars, like, running around doing stuff on their own. We already have, like, there's at least tech demos of this thing being possible. So my guess is, in that case, this is going to have a huge impact on industry, whether that's shipping or whether that's, like, internal uses. But it's like we're so cleft to our idea of driving in this case that like it's hard for us to imagine cars without people because people seem like the most important part of the car when in fact that's really the most fallible part of the car you know yes it's like you needed you needed an elevator operator to operate an elevator for a really long time because they were both complicated and potentially very dangerous and you wouldn't want your employees to like lose an arm just getting to the office right but now today do, do you feel like you're getting a lesser experience because there's not a dude with a hat standing in your elevator? Well, it's no. I mean, that would seem weird. Do you need a teller to show you how to use the ATM each time? Do you need somebody standing there to show you how to, do you need somebody explaining a vending machine to you or like conducting the vending machine on your behalf because it's so hard to use, right? Like, do you really relish hand delivering a check to your cable TV company? Because you like people. 
Right. It's like, no, in all of those, electronic payment, boom, ATM, done. Vending machine, I don't want to talk about my Coke. I just want to be done here. In all of those cases, I mean, it, you know, it's almost like you could put an engineer in every train of a freight car, but that wouldn't make it go any faster. Here's the thing. <laughs> no, this is getting good. Yeah. That's what I think. So my vote on this is it, it, with special regard to self-driving cars, yes, way sooner than we think, if not now, for industrial applications that we don't always see and not nearly as soon as we think to completely eradicate the need for consumer vehicles. I, my, my guess, my, I think the interesting thing to watch is going to be for consumer uptake. I think it's going to be very interesting to look at places where you could safely conduct have a car like this conducted and where people can afford a second vehicle that is self-driving in nature. Right. I think that's where that's the tipping points to watch or maybe somewhere like, like I mentioned in this episode, maybe somewhere like where Marco, Marco lives where like somebody might want to experiment with a self-driving car for getting around, but that doesn't mean you're going to sell your Tesla. So I don't know. I just, my, the overarching point I'm trying to make here, and this always falls out of my futurist hat is like, my my uh, journey with this stuff so often comes down to like these black and white ideas of stuff happening come straight out of backward looking thinking instead of forward looking thinking. And I'm not even saying it's all good. I'm not saying being Pollyanna. I'm not saying like be Johnny Futurist, but like stuff does change. They have uh, they have the self-driving trucks in, in Logan. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, you said, and you mentioned on the internet that, that maybe that's one. Okay, so no spoilers. No spoilers. This, this is not a spoiler, but yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, I do think, I'm trying to think about when I remember, I mean, like for myself, I became a little bit nerdy about this stuff when I started using a Mac. I, I think about like being into, you know, System 8 and 9, reading magazines, being into like what was happening with Pilot, with Palm Pilot. Uh, things like that. But as far as like when it came, I mean, it really feels like I'm just pulling this straight out of my ass. I'm going to say Facebook. I think when Facebook got as big as it did, mm -hmm. I think a lot of stuff changed because people started conducting so much more of their, I mean, Flickr was great, but it wasn't that big. It wasn't like, it wasn't as big as a, as a Facebook or I guess now Instagram. I don't, I don't know. But that, more and more people, like you could go out and for not that, that much money, you could have this pretty transformative device. Even, mm -hmm. even in homes that don't have a lot of dough, you can, you can get a phone and an internet connection that like makes you part of this bigger world, you know? Well, yeah. you know what? Here's one last, here's one last thing on this is like, you know, there's people are always like, you know, doing a, doing a, you guys on Twitter to say like, you guys like only one in five people listen to podcasts. Only one in five people on the planet have the internet. And it's like, okay, well, that's, to me, that's a really lazy statistic. Maybe because I'm a privileged white guy, but that's a lazy statistic. But it is indicative. The laziness of that statistic is, well, okay, and you know what? 20 years from now, how much higher will that be? Maybe not that much higher. Maybe there will always be people that don't have the internet because that's just the nature of this. But on the other hand, it's like, it's, it's sort of like the problem with the electoral college. We're like, you know, it's like, well, this vote in Minnesota ends up counting a lot more than this vote in California. And is that really fair? That's that kind of weird statistic where you're like, well, so what is meaningful about that? You know, when I heard one in five people listen to podcasts, I was blown away. I was like, that's way, way higher than I would have guessed. I would have guessed one in 10 or one in 20 people listen to podcasts. 
Does that surprise you to hear that stat? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know where they get that number high? from. It seems very high to me. I mean, when, let me put it this way. I haven't run into anybody like there's nobody in sort of my community, whether it's development or design or whatever in that kind of space who who doesn't know what podcasts are and probably listen to them. But I'm always surprised because like, for example, there was a thing, um, my, there was like a fundraiser at my kid's school uh, a week or two ago. And uh, it was like all the money, there was a restaurant and like all the money that you spent when you went there to eat with your family and you brought your, you know, everyone there, they were donating it and they were matching it or something like that. So there was a a huge uh, cross section of, of the school, pretty much all parents from all different, you know, uh, walks of life and everything. We were all there and we were eating good food. And a couple of the people that I was talking to, like they sort of asked, well, what do you do? And I say, oh, you know, depending on my mood, I'll either say I'm, I'm a podcaster or I'm, I'm a software developer because I do both. So I feel like I can I can say either one. And I mentioned podcasting and uh, she was like a real estate agent in, in her late 30s, early 40s. And I was expecting her to say, oh, right. Yeah. Like, you know, I've listened to one before, but she said she's I am absolutely addicted to podcasts. I love podcasts. I listen to them all the time as I'm driving between appointments. And, you know, so like. The the idea that that number is, is one in five, I think your one in 20 is probably more accurate because I think there's a lot of people who are just, it's totally it off their on, radar. It depends on, where you're, depends on where you're measuring it. Right. It's it's so, it's, you know, these in a country that is this large and this unevenly distributed in every conceivable way, saying things nationally about the U.S. population, if you haven't learned anything in the last year, please learn that. That is such a bananas thing to say, well, okay, how about this? I'm going to say in San Francisco, there's mm-hmm. a pretty good chance that people listen to podcasts in New York, in Austin, yeah. in LA and Chicago. I'm going to say there's a pretty good chance that people at least know what those are. At the very least, I bet you a lot of people my age are at least listening. Uh, they may not self-identify as a podcast fan. Maybe they do, but they're probably listening to stuff like public radio shows yeah. or they're listening to like one of those, uh, one of those jokey, uh, you know, men being funny podcasts, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. Joe Rogaine or whatever. Right. Like they're, they're right. like, they're listening to something, uh, or, you know, like that Bill Simmons guy, I'm given to believe that he has a pretty popular show, but you know, um, I, I'm trying not to sound like, I, I'm not trying to be like, you know, everybody's provincial but me but you know if you, if you go to like like mississippi and arkansas and said like how many podcasts do you listen to and, that, and certainly you go to oxford mississippi there's a pretty good chance people are gonna be listening what i'm saying is though if, if your sample group in that case is, is people in rural areas or in you know that and then you compare that against what people say in in california or illinois like you're gonna get such different results but i don't know I don't know, but people, the reason I say Facebook though is like, you know, that when Facebook, like for a long time, Facebook, Facebook wasn't available to non-college students for a good while. Yeah. It came out and you had to, you, you had, had to, to have a, an, an email address for your school. For your university. Through, so it had to be a .edu uh, email address in order to even get an account at all. And now, Correct me on this, but and then for a while it was it was desktop web only. I mean, there wasn't an app for some time. It was when they had the app and the app got popular and everybody got on it and you know, spooky action at a distance. Everything's pointing in the same direction. Mm-hmm. And now today it's 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 a juggernaut. But you know, I don't know. I mean, there's just so much myopia depending on like what your point of view is and who you choose to poll. I'm here to tell you, like, I don't. 
I still see lots of iPhones, but I see a lot of old iPhones and I see a lot of new Samsung phones. I think a lot of people go in and get, you know, a not crazy expensive phone from their carrier, which is just to say that more and more people have access to this little world to where now, once again, like, what is this world at this point? Well, it's the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, 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 the president is getting up early to say things on the internet that aren't true. Like that's pretty different from eight or 10 years ago. Oh yeah. With all respect. Yeah. We used to be, we used to be weird in that we lived by on our email and we, we learned about this new thing called Twitter and like we were very, very weird for that. And if you, I mean, imagine if you went back in time, like it always seemed like, uh, with, um, President Obama, like when he would tweet or, or when, when anyone like who was a, like a, a, a government type person, like when they would tweet, it seemed very organized. And so, like, for example, when for the mo- most of the time that like Tim Cook tweets, I'm sure that's him doing it, but it sounds very choreographed and orchestrated. Well, today at uh, 318, I'll be tweeting. And this is, <laughs> right. this is what it's going to go, go fire up the modem, <laughs> right? This is what it's going to say. We've had this approved. We've had our lawyers look it over. Uh, we've, we've kind of ta- gotten a consensus of the word uh, choice here for the fourth word. That was one that held me back for, for a couple of days till we got approval on that, but we've got our thumbs up. We're ready to go 318 today. I've got it composed. Uh, a couple people will swing by my office to make sure it looks right in case I haven't mistyped it. Cause I, you know, but I'm, I'll be the one that presses submit when we do that. That was very much the way that I think people who were in higher level positions, CEOs and, uh, you know, and it was almost that tweeting by committee and and through approval and through approved channels. There's there's also legal reasons for that. Of course there are. My friend Max was telling me about this, that during Obama's years, they were saying, hey, you know, Obama might want to use Twitter. And there was this entire like huge discussion. I, I will probably get this wrong, but it's along the lines of there is a law that public <laughs> of course there is well public yeah public communications that involve asking the public what they think trigger a certain kind of vetting process that basically what it came down to was obama was never allowed to use a question mark because as a paperwork reduction it's one of those like show your work like you know public laws uh-huh. where for the longest time they wouldn't do anything at all because it would have to go through this entire like you're saying this whole like vetting process yeah, that's exactly. Here's the other thing. I'm just writing down. I'm trying to remember what my first email address was. And I think this is pretty close. I think it was. Uh, so if I wanted to, so 1993 or whatever, if I wanted to tell people, email me, they go, what is email? And I would say, well, there's a thing where, like you get on the internet and you type and there's some green letters. My, my, I would have to tell people I'm Merlin at freenet.scree.fsu.edu. This is, I wasn't, I wasn't like, you know, hot dogs, ladies at AOL.com. Right. It was like, people would just see that and go like, wait a minute. Like, none of those are words. Like what, what is a free net? What is a scree? I know what FSU is and why is it an edu? Like, yeah, well, it's kind of a long explanation. Anyway, email me. See you later. Yeah. You know, and now today like that just, it's, it just, it doesn't seem weird. And also young people don't use email. So I was snapping each other with their chats. Future. Dan, tell me about something else that you like, please. I would like to tell you about Squarespace. Squarespace! Squarespace.com. And they're, they've got all these things that where they're saying, uh, make your next move. This is their thing. Make your next move. It's like chess, but it's happening on the internet. Make, make your next website. 
make a beautiful website. You can get a, a unique domain there. They're a domain registrar. You can sell stuff. They do the e-commerce thing so that you can, when you put a thing in, in a box, it'll tell you exactly the shipping costs. So when your customers are buying, I mean, they've got it all. It's all done. They can make logos for you. All this is just a website now. You just go, you put some information into a website, and now you have a website. How does that work? Mm. How does it happen? <laughs> Computers. Computers. It's it's all it's all in there, Dan. I I for. Mm, have you used six, Have you used Squarespace, Merlin? I've heard of Squarespace. I keep meaning to try it for six <laughs> years. The Roderick on the pod, Roderick on the line pod, <laughs> Roderick like on say. the pod, Roderick on the pod. <laughs> Boy, that's a blight. That's got to end now. <laughs> Looking at you, Pod Saves America. I enjoy your show, but you got to stop with the pod. It's a blight. John Favreau. Mm, I'm get that guy. So anyways, uh, I have been using uh, Squarespace since Christ was a corporal, as you like to say. Oh, yes, I do. I run the Roderick on the line pod <laughs> off of Squarespace. Yeah? It hurts. It's, it's bitter in my mouth. Pod. The podcast that I do with John Roderick, I've been doing there for uh, over six years now. And it's just, it works a treat. And you're right. That's the crazy part. It's like, it's all in there. It's all in there. It's like the Swiss army provider. Everything you need. They didn't tell us to say that. But it's it's all in there. They got award-winning 24-7 customer support. They've got the beautiful templates. It's an all-in-one platform. Everything happens right there. The code to use, it's your show. One word will get you 10% off your first purchase, and they'll show your support for this amazing program. Squarespace.com is a place to go. It's your show, 10% off. And uh, like Merlin is, is uh, always fond of saying, you may not need a website right now. It may not be you that needs it, but guess what? Your friend might need it. Your family members might need it. The next time that you have a client who's launching a product, coming up with a service, opening a store, they can spend a ridiculously small amount of money and get a ridiculously amazing website. Get get to work. Do the thing you're good at. Yes. Let's say you're going to go and start a restaurant. Are you going to make your own ovens? Are you going to like go make your own like billboards outside? No. Right? Are you going to are you going to get a kiln and make your own plates? No. No, that would be banana pants. You need to go and focus on the work you need to do and let somebody really really smart and reliable and trustable like Squarespace to do your website. You Done. will you you will save yours and other people's time bigly with Squarespace. Bigly. Mhm. Thank you Squarespace for supporting 5 by 5 and back to work. With Dan Benjamin. Ooh. <clears throat> I need to sleep. Oh, it's going to be time to watch that again. Uh, did I trigger you? Yeah. Uh, see, I got a second futurist hat, but I don't know. I like talking about this stuff. We can always talk about politics. Uh-uh. Listener Jason writes to say, I love the show. I was thinking about your, con- thank you, listener Jason. I was thinking about your conversation regarding voice commands, representing a potential future of computing. While it seems like a viable computing option, I was wondering about the societal implications. Currently, I, and I hear this. Currently, I have issues with people talking to each other on speakerphone. Oh, boy, when did that become a thing? <laughs> In our neighborhood, that's just how people talk. They talk into it like it's a piece of pizza, and they have it on speakerphone. I'm like, you, you, you know you can hold that other part to your ear, and that'll work. People. In 20 years, will everybody be talking out loud to their computers? Are we preparing ourselves for a very noisy Office of people talking to spreadsheets. As opposed to lots of people talking to each other. Right. Yeah, you should say this weekend I met these Swedish chicks at a party. That's great. (laughs) And I got some stuff I need to do here. Could you be anywhere else? 
Uh, I feel the same, similar concerns and reticence. I mean, even after Siri got less bad. Okay, okay. Pause that for a second. I did it. I I did a test this morning. Yeah. Because I looked out the window. And I saw the dark, darkening skies, and I couldn't launch the dark sky app because I was uh, had the uh, the uh, the pomade or the the gel, whatever you call it, was putting in my in my hair, mm. and it didn't want to touch the phone with that mess. Mm-mm. So the my first thing was I wanted to talk to the Amazon cylinder, and I said to it, "Hey, what's the weather?" And oh, the weather's not good on the tube. Well, here's what here's what it said. It said. The weather today is such and such, and you'll there will be thunderstorms, and there and it gave me the the full thing, and it actually said the high, it said the low, it told me that there would be rain, thunderstorms, and about I think it, it may have said what time in the after, like in the afternoon, thunder showers or something like that. Okay, okay, it was good enough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But because of what you just said, it's not that good on it. I immediately had a doubt. I doubted it. So then. Which is bad, and that's a that's a topic I would like to discuss with you. But doubting, no doubt, doubt is the mind killer. Uh, the little the little death that brings total oblivion. So then, mm-hmm. I had the phone there, and I thought, you know, why didn't well, Dan? Why didn't you ask your phone first? The reason I didn't ask Did my you phone. Have f- hey Dingus? Do you have Hey Dingus turned on? I do, but it okay. ne- it takes me Never ten times, work. ten times. On my watch, again. my watch. It's I'm like one for six Ugh. on Hey Dingus on my watch, and it makes me. Because I, I, for the longest time, I was a crown pusher, and I was like, you know what? Let go and let God. Just talk to your dingus. Or my daughter's iPad two rooms away goes off. I'm like, how can you not hear this? You're on my wrist. You're on. You're in my face. I know. Okay, so did you try it? I did, and I said, um, I said, you know, hey, hey, dingus, what's the weather today? And it said, I, I saw the little card slide up. I saw it said, you know, 71 degrees, and then it said... Yeah, today there will be a high of you know, a low of sixty-five and a high of seventy-two degrees. Didn't say anything about rain. Didn't say anything about time it would be hot or cold. But, but it spoke. But it spoke that part of it. That's all it said. <laughs> and then wow. I said, and then I said, uh, "Hey, Dingus, uh, will it rain today?" To which it it then you know a long time, a long time before it responded, and to which it says, "I think so." Ugh. And then I said, uh, hey, Dingus, you're useless. And immediately it comes back and says, I'll still be here for you, Dan. Right. So uh, where yeah. and whereas whereas the uh, the Amazon device instantly replies with a high, a low, a current temperature and a weather conditions. Uh, this is but what this does to me. And I hope this is something you were hoping to talk about because I don't want to derail it. No, no. But having trust in the answers that you get, it, you know, if you ask your Amazon device or Siri device uh, about who is Merlin Mann or who is Dan Benjamin, they're just going to read our Wikipedia pages, which are it always, really It always wrong. mishears my name. My daughter tries that all the time <laughs> and it always mishears my name as like Marlin. <laughs> I mean, but even at if first it gets, I was like, oh my God, I hope my Wikipedia page is gone. That'd be so great. And then it was no, like, you know, it's, it's just there it's and it, right? mine is there and it's still wrong. And, you know, yeah. it's like, okay, where is the information coming from? I, you know, when I ask about the weather, for example, I, I don't, I don't know where that, what service that's using. Why can't I tell it? Oh, use dark sky or use weather line or whatever service I want it to use. 
I don't have a way to set that. I don't know where the information is coming from. And the fact right. that half the time I feel like, I, can I even trust this? Can I trust this answer that I'm about to get? That's so funny you should say that because uh, the, 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 there's not enough here to call this a pattern yet, but I have detected... Understand now that like I'm I'm a big voice guy. Like I, I I'm really I'm spending one day a week trying to use to the extent possible use just voice, which I utterly fail at, but it's still a project. So I'm really into this, and I'm very in. I mean I'm into like what this will become, figuring out what it can do. This answers into the rest of this response, but in this instance, uh, I've detected something. I'm just going to call a potential regression, where Siri has gotten like uh, an order of magnitude better at hearing what you said and getting it down right, right? right. Like, like we're always saying with dictation. Mm -hmm. And it's gotten, honestly, a good deal better at figuring out what to do with it. But I have had several, I don't want to overstate this. I've had several times in the last couple of weeks as I use this a lot. So I'm not just doing this as a parlor trick at a bar. Like I'm trying to really use this a lot for things like creating a note, adding something to a list. Something new that's been popping up lately, I've heard other people complain about, but it's affecting me now is... Um, Hey, Dingus, along, and I'm not saying this is the example, but along the lines of, hey, Dingus, how's the weather? And it'll say something like, uh, here are the results for how's the weather on the web. Or I can't find any results for add this to my task list, which, is, which hadn't been happening to me. And it is happening a little bit more, and I don't know exactly why. It could be, as John Syracuse says, internet weather could just be, you know, it's having a, having a bad day. It could be that it's maybe on boiling water and it's confused about what I said. Let me, let me test the lady in the tube real quick. I'm going to turn off for the hailing word and yeah. turn on the answer. Okay. How's the weather today? pretty good. That is a complete, now, is it right? I don't know, but that is a complete answer. That's what I want when I ask for the weather. The other thing I thought you were going to say that, that you, I'm, you know what? You can't do this if your phone is locked, which is a bummer, but I was going to say, well, if you got pomade hands, you could also say, Hey, dingus, open dark sky. But then I think you would still have to unlock it. You might. And even then you've still got to like, look at your phone. Look what at if it's screen, 10 yeah. feet away, you know? Right, 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 right. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Um, but it, to, to address some of what listener Jason is saying, this gives me a chance to put my futurist hat on again. Um, I think, I mean, the one thing is like the, the first big thing is the technology and culture piece of this, which is the problem is there's always going to be sociopathic assholes and that's not a solvable problem. Like, you know, you, I, I mean, the whole bit with phone guy, as you know, started in the nineties. It did not start once I had video on the internet. It started as a bit where like when somebody started talking on their phone in a restaurant, I'd pick up my wallet and act like I was talking on my phone, which, which drove my partner crazy and made her very embarrassed. But, um, <laughs> but cause I thought it was so, you know, we've talked a lot about this, but I, I always thought it was such a faux pas to like get a phone call at lunch and take it at the table. Like to this day, like I'll play with my, it's, it's become more okay to play with devices. Everybody, you'll sometimes like feel the entire table say, okay, time to look at the internet for a minute. And then you put your thing away. But like, I would never take a phone call at the table. That's so gross. Like, what are you, an animal? Like, get up and walk away. Go stand by the men's room and talk on the phone. Like, don't do that at the table. Yeah. But like, we're like in your, like we're describing here, like, and seriously, it is such a thing in my neighborhood. And I'm trying to be 
culturally sensitive, but it's, I think it's a thing in my neighborhood that this is how a lot of people talk on the phone. A lot of people have an on-screen home button on their iPhone. That's a, like, that's a, a, I'm not gonna say that's purely an Asian thing, but like, that's a pretty big Asian thing is like, right. you don't use your buttons and you move the thing around on screen. I've only ever seen that in my neighborhood. <laughs> um, but also the talking really loud on speakerphone, like it's a piece of pizza, which I think is really gross. But for a lot of people, I think that's culturally acceptable. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's way more a culture problem than a technology problem. I mean, you know, it's, it's not okay to like fart at your desk, but it's okay to talk loud on your phone at your desk. Like it's time to relevel our resources here. Um, my tech futurist idiot response though, again, it's about breaking this into pieces. And my, my thought to listener Jason is I think I don't know. I don't think people will be talking into their spreadsheets for a variety of reasons. And my prognostication on this, which I will almost certainly be wrong about, is that when you look at something like Siri or Lady in a Tube, I, I think you really have to look at three different emerging things, which is voice recognition. You've got what I'm calling AI-like functionality, the ability to like do stuff. Like, you know, I mean, automation even you could call it. I don't know if it's exactly AI, but you know, the ability to take spoken language and turn it into commands, whatever you want to call that. The third big part is ubiquity, like having it be everywhere. Right. And the thing is, so what do we call voice? Well, what we call voice today is lady in a tube and Siri on your phone. But like, I think an argument could be made potentially that voice will end up being the least interesting part of those three things. Really. Honestly, I think I think the voice part right now becomes like a tech demo where you can show how what did I write down here? Like it used to be like if you're using a computer, it was a hobbyist and a nerd thing. Mm -hmm. Where like you had to be a hobbyist and a nerd who knew how to use the device and interacted with it and you've got skill and expertise. I think one arguable way to look at this is voice is an inroad to showing how you could have environmental or remote appliances that just do stuff based on relatively simple input. I think we're going to see that not just in like Samsung refrigerators that tell you when you're out of eggs. I think you're going to see it more and more things. This is, this is very young. It's very insecure. It's very stupid. Everybody hates it. Google's going to steal your life. I get it. I get it. I get it. But that's not going to change the fact that this is where this is going. It's just that in this case, voice is the MacGuffin title. Are you writing these down? Yes. I don't know. I have a show about this week. Voice is the MacGuffin in the sense that, yeah, voice is the inroad to that. But what's, it's what's happening behind that voice stuff that I think will ultimately be so interesting. And, and, you know, and my one day a week of trying to do voice stuff is teaching me that, like, it's not there yet, but it's super interesting. The ubiquity, right? I got a thing on my wrist that I can talk into and does stuff. I, I've never taken a phone call on my watch because I'm not quite that guy yet. <laughs> but you can Very do that. Dick Tracy. Yes, I've done that. Apparently it, it works. It does. Um, but more and more, I respond to texts. It's worth taking the time if you have an Apple Watch. It's worth taking the time to go in and tune your one-click responses to the way that you talk, right? And to like reorder those. So it makes it fairly easy to just for me to say things like boom or thumbs up or in your face or whatever kinds of catchphrases I have. That ubiquity is so important, though. You don't have to go and sit down and interact, right? Like, just talking into the air makes things happen. So, anyway, to wrap this really boring topic up, I'm sorry, listener Jason, I'm dragging us, dragging us through the uh, weeds here. Uh, I don't think people will be talking to spreadsheets in 20 years for two really important reasons, because it's always two things with me. Um, the one obvious one is that's probably not the most efficient way to do that job, but... I think you could argue the more important one is 
what if that job in the future doesn't involve a human in spreadsheets? <laughs> what? Right. Did you pop the stack? Yes, I popped the stack. It's like, no, well, like there's there's two things about that. I, I get the joke. It's it's funny. It's the kind of joke I would make, but it's off on in at least a couple ways, which is one, no, you wouldn't probably talk to your spreadsheet unless that's a thing you unless you're like some kind of a Neil Dash person that really wants to push the envelope on Excel. But no, uh, that's not how you would interact with that. It doesn't make sense. And and that technology is not tuned for that. But more importantly, let's stop thinking about the tools and start thinking about the job. Right. So right now we keep thinking about, oh, this is the kind of stuff that I use. Ha ha ha. Like nobody will ever replace me. I'm an elevator operator and nobody wants to lose their arm. Well, what if something comes along that they don't need you for that anymore? And now you go do something else. That's that's the thing. I mean, for me, imagining a future, it's 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 hard for me to differ. It's difficult for me to imagine people talking into their Excel spreadsheets in 20 years because it's difficult, even more difficult for me to imagine like lots of people being paid dozens to use Excel at all dollars a year to use Excel at all. Yeah, I because totally maybe agree. That's maybe that tool goes away because the job has changed or that tool changes because the job has gone away, you know? So that's, that's one good reason to like, at least keep an eye on this stuff. I think I, you should not worry and fret. I think you should learn a little bit. I think you should watch a little bit. And I think we should be careful not to look at any new development just in terms of how it perverts or corrupts what we already understand. About you know, world. I haven't heard anyone put it quite, like that. But I think you are completely right in that, that hopefully the technology is changing so that what we are doing today, these things that are essentially menial kind of tasks, you know, like hopefully we won't even have to do those anymore. The S3 got taken down by somebody typing in a command line. I wrong. know it. Really get your head around that for a minute. I know. Like it's amazing that that person well, how do I put this? It's kind of crazy that that huge, that that really seems like a turn your key type situation. Like <laughs> that you could do so much damage with an RM, you know, R or whatever, that you, you could clobber something that hard based on human error that involves so much automated stuff. Yeah. That, that the, the weakest link in that case was somebody's fingers. I know. That's, that, that, that's the part it, of this that's it really shouldn't, That shouldn't be possible. It shouldn't even yeah, ha- be able to. It just to seems happen. like sirens should be going off, you know. I think that's how it's set up now, but it's only, you know, it's only that way because this happened. And it's S3 right. is not new. S3 is not new. You know what I mean? It's been around for a long time, especially I mean, it's arguably in internet terms. part of the backbone of yes. how the entire internet not just the internet. It's not just, it's not just, we're not just talking about your Snapchats here. We're talking about like how the enterprise <laughs> runs. For sure. It's crazy that it's that fallible to, to this one human error. So like, oh yeah, but I'm a good driver. Okay. Anyway, tune into Reconcilable Differences this week to hear more about self-driving cars and the movie Arrival. That's a good movie. We talked about it. Did you see the, uh, the Deadpool trailer yet? Nope. It opens Logan. Oh, okay. Instead oh, of having a uh, instead of having a a post credits or during in credits, uh, you're kidding. Trailer. It's it begins the movie. The, the doesn't movie. that take you out of the universe a little bit? Well, it once you see Logan and the way that Logan ends, it it ends. It's a it's a serious, a more serious movie. And of course, the new Deadpool trailer is anything but serious. Right. So having that follow up or be in the midst of the Logan credits would not be appropriate. It was a Fox movie. It must be. 
Um, yeah, I think they're ones. I mean, it did have the Marvel yeah, uh, thing open it up, but I think it's a. That's Fox. just a. That's a. That's a producer credit. Okay. All right. That's. I wasn't <laughs> I sure about that. It wasn't the big new fanfare Marvel intro that that like the newer Civil oh, War right. has that with the uh, big music and the. But it just had the sort of pages flipping. Yeah. Thing right. Quietly up there. I uh, I'm up through episode three of Legion, and I really like it. I was thinking I hear of a lot of people that. who don't. I hear a lot of people who don't, and I get that. But boy, uh, along the lines of probably Logan. I mean, it's really it's smart and yeah. it's visually stunning. I really like the cast. Uh, I would say it's definitely worth your time to at least check out the first episode. I love that actor. I am definitely going to do that. And I, I think I wanted to mention I finished uh, the OA. Oh, loved it. you made it to the last episode? Love it. Loved it. Loved really? It. You yes. liked the last episode? I loved every everything with the first. The first episode was not – I didn't like it. I Maybe oh, I would really? now. But the first one was like – and I had I watched most of it and I stopped. I'm like, eh, I don't know how I feel about this. I don't know if I like it. And a couple people you included were like, no, no, no. You, you, you'll like it. Just watch again. So I started you, it back up. Do you agree up. though? Aren't, aren't they great with the cliffhangers? You get to the end of an episode and you're like, oh my god, there's no way I can no go to way. sleep. No way. I know. I've got to see what happens next. Loved it. Yeah, I don't know. I got strong feelings. I got to watch it for reconcilable differences. We've gotten a, a surprisingly large amount of people who really want us to talk about it. And I, I just... I remember thinking, hmm, this is really interesting and ambitious through the whole series. And I also just remember being very frustrated with the way it ends. But I think this is part of Britt Marling's deal. Yeah. This is part of her oeuvre, I think. And I'm just kind of dipping a toe now into some of her other movies and stuff. But this is kind of her deal is this like, hmm, what did happen there? Or like what was happening all along? Like that's she wants you like wondering that, I think. I think so. I mean, that's the whole thing with, you know, I don't want to give anything away, but that, you yeah. know, you know, fight club. <laughs> yes. First rule of fight club is it's a little overrated. No, I'm kidding. It's really good. You know what people don't understand about fight club. Oh, I love fight club explaining. Uh, I have one more uh, response here. Did you want to tell me about, uh, did you have one more thing you want to tell me about that you like? You know, I do like, I do like Mac Weldon. Oh, come on. Mac Weldon. I do like them. I have so, Dan, I have so much to say about Mac Weldon. I, would, I, I never thought ears. I would be here. It's like a penthouse letter. I never thought this would happen to me. What happened? Well, you know, you hear a lot about the Mac Weldon. I'm, I'm taking you off your bit. Do your bit. No, there's no bit. You just do all your right, thing. All right. Go. All, all I want. All I want. Here's here's what I want to say about this. And that's all I'm going to say about this. Is like I kept hearing about the underpants, and people are always talking about the underpants. John Roderick's always going on. I don't know if they want to. Say, they probably want to use another word like undergear or something. But you get silver in your underpants, and, and you get no stinkos, and like that's the thing. And I kept hearing about the underpants. They gave us some credit to buy stuff. Yeah. And as a sponsor, you know that was really nice of them. But here's the thing, like, I very, very, I have to be honest with you, unexpectedly ended up really liking their clothes. And we're not talking about, this is, this stuff is not like super cheap, but like I, I have now done, <laughs> I'm so embarrassed to say this. I have now done, I just did my fourth Mack Weldon order. Really? Today. Yes. I am totally addicted to like three articles of their clothing. Number one, we now own three. French Terry zip-up sweatshirts. Their sweats are really good. The one your wife took. Yep. 
I told my wife about that. She says, get me one. I got her one. Yep. I got me one for home. I got one to leave at work like Mr. Rogers. Yeah, I've got one here at work too. I got, you know, and the, <laughs> these are not cheap, but no. they're really, really nice. What I'm telling you is like, don't just come for the underpants. The, the, I think the shirts are their go-to. I don't want to give them advice. They're a very popular internet uh, sponsor company. I don't want to give them notes, but I'm here to tell you their white undershirt, their white t-shirt is the, it's not cheap. It is the best white t-shirt I've ever had. It fits. It has a long tail, like the Chris Anderson article. It's you tuck it in your <laughs> pants. It stays in your pants. And let me just tell you, buddy, I just ordered my fourth Pima cotton long sleeve t-shirt I am now, I am displacing other, I've got others, I've got others, but in order to have a fresh one every day, I just ordered my fourth one. I love the Pima Cotton long sleeve t-shirts. Now, they, they paid us, they pay us to tell you about Mack Weldon. They're not paying me to say how much I like it because I'm telling you, I was surprised. You don't get this. You, I would say, give these folks a try, buy yourself something you think you'll like. It could be underpants. I'm going to say, try a shirt or a sweatshirt because they're way, way nicer than I expected. Is that, that's weird. This is not a good read, except I wanted to come back to you and say, okay, you know, they tell us things to say, and I'm always happy to say that I'm here to tell you, you know, uh, you know, retweets are not endorsements, but I'm just here to say <laughs> I ended up liking this and I've spent a lot of money on this because their clothes are really nice and they're really comfortable and they fit, but you can move in them. Right. And I am wearing <laughs> three. <laughs> I'm wearing three articles of their clothing right now. I got the French Terry's <laughs> zip nice, up hoodie. Nice. I've got the the uh, blue. It's not technically blue. It's a blueish, dark, dark blue Pima cotton long sleeve t-shirt. And under that, you can see down here. Look, this white layer. I got the white undershirt with the with the Chris Anderson tail. I love it. This is terrible. This show will never air. But no, I just I mean, want to say, like, I, I, like I, you know, the thing is, like, you know, it's clothes. So maybe you're a little bit reluctant. But I would say give it a try. If you're looking for like, like let's say you sometimes have to go somewhere for a job or a funeral or, or a jury duty and you want to have some nice white undershirts that don't have yellow pit stains and make it look like a monster, <laughs> get a couple God. of these and hold them aside for fancy occasions because it is. I, I feel I'm, it's so luxurious, Dan. That's all I had to say about that. Go ahead and do your bit. I, no, you know what? I won't even do a bit. Um, but you, I'll, think, you, think, you think this speaks for itself? Is that what you're saying? I think it does. Yeah, and uh, the other thing that I'd like to to add to this is, again, they're always when you told me how into the the shirts and the stuff like that you were, I feel like the socks get no love at all. And for me, I have a I have a, a serious pet peeve, mm. and that is if you're wearing a pair of sneakers with shorts, you if don't don't wear socks is you need to oh, wear socks you, you need you like to, a you like a no show you like a no you show you need a no show this is the thing in texas and florida too it gets pretty warm in the summer but i don't always want to wear uh the the top siders i don't always want to wear those sometimes i feel like i'm going to need a sneaker if i can see your sock uh-huh that there's that's almost as bad as walking around with flip-flops on with your chip toe out oh, i mean it's almost it's just i don't want to see your socks socks are an undergarment and i don't believe in in seeing that if you're wearing a pair of jeans a pair of pants you got socks on of course and you you know you're on tv you cross your leg you're going to see the sock it's fine <laughs> but i don't want to see your your ugly white socks mm. halfway up your calf that's just not all right. 
they have the what they call the no show mm-hmm. sock. And uh I love it's almost, it's almost more like a shoe liner. You you wear it's this little thing on your liner. foot. It's very it's very it's it, it's not like it's going to it's not going to like, you know, uh, it's not going to choke your foot. It's like a shoe liner. It's a, it's a nice sock that's not going to overwhelm the shoe area and it's not going to offend Dan by sticking out like some kind of a grotesque. It goes below the ankle. Mm. So that if someone were to look down at your sneaker, they're not going to say, "Oh, what nice socks you have they're gonna say well it's a nice sneaker there and you're gonna say yeah are they comfortable yeah they're pretty comfortable how do you keep from you know stinking them up sweating in there well no 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 no. you don't understand i still have socks on really you're kidding i'm not they're no show socks available Mm -hmm. mac weldon mac weldon 20 percent off if you use the promo code back to work and doing so supports the show don't go buy any underwear there just the shirts and the socks i'm gonna i'm gonna agree with you dan i mean i do not under, buy underwear. They, their strategy seems to be underpants first. Yes. Like you put on a mobile app, mobile first. They're, they're going <laughs> they're going forward with underpants. I say Hakuna Matata. What I'm here to say to the listener, Sergio Voce, is go and get yourself a shirt. You get yourself a sock. I'm going to say if you like a short sleeve shirt, you go get one of these white t-shirts. I, I know. You can get them in different colors too. But uh, the, the Pima cotton. And listen, don't everybody do it because it's going to be creepy if we all dress the same. But I'm I'm agree. I'm gonna say skip the panties. Go go, go somewhere else. Try something else. But you got to try this thing. Don't you agree? A little bit. You kind of got to try it on to go. Oh wow, this is nicer than I expected. I love it. That's my that's my feeling on that. I agree with you. Mm. Mm. And so where do they go for that, Dan? MacWeldon.com. Code is back to work, but only if they want to. Only if you want to. Hmm. That's right. That's it. It's Thanks, like, uh, it's like that. It's like that athlete in the commercial with Lil Yachty with the Sprite. He's not telling you to go and drink the Sprite. You seen that ad? No. When you go to the, when you go to the movies, the Sprite commercial with Lil Yachty. You haven't seen that? I don't think I have seen that. There's a basketball fella in it, and then there's a, a performer called called Lil Yachty. Uh, singing this this ponderous <laughs> song in an ice cave and it's completely addictive <laughs> really gets on it gets in your brain so our thanks to mac weldon <laughs> skip the underpants go to the shirts get yourself a sock do what you want you be you you do you you do too <laughs> do 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 it's been a big week got some feedback from uh, <clears throat> got some feedback from listener mark Marcus Aurelius. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Ah, uh, Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> no. First principles, Clarice. Marcus Aurelius. <laughs> what is that which hangs out in its basement with a creepy necklace on? Quid pro quo, Clarice. Uh. Oh. Oh. Go, go look up Lil what Yachty. Are the, wait, what are you singing? <laughs> you can't tell. That's the thing. Go. Okay, look. Let's see if we can find it. Little we'll, Yachty. Lil, Lil. Lil Yachty Sprite. And there's an, one hour of Lil Yachty. No, that's not the one I want. I want the one that's the little short version. Sprite. Oh, LeBron James. What are you talking about right now? Okay, okay, here I'm gonna send you the link. What's the best dingus? Um whatever you whatever you like. Do you want are you wanting me to play it? 
I don't know. I just want you to listen to it and see what you think. All right. I'm sending you a timestamp version. I wish they would put this. I, I, Dan, I wish they would make this on mobile so that I could click on things and send timestamp things from mobile. They don't do that on the mobile. Nah. Maybe they do it in the YouTube app, but I'm not putting the YouTube app on my no, phone. No, don't. Ugh, gross. That's the worst app ever. You two bread. No, so just listen to that part. Listen to the timestamp. Okay, you, you, just sent, you just sent me something? Yeah, it's in the dingus. Which which one? The robot. The Skype robot. Uh, can you send it in the other you. one? Because then I can play yes. it. I can play it in the... If... Oh, sure. So it does matter. Well, it doesn't matter, but it matters. It does matter. <laughs> U2.be. All right, you want to just play this whole thing? It's timestamp. Right, it's the dingus. Well, it didn't... That was the thing you're humming? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. But it's before every movie we see, and it's been in my head for months. That's a little Yachty. <laughs> little, little. The athlete is, is called LeBron James. He is a popular athlete. Mm -hmm. Lil Yachty is a performer. Now, I went and I sought out some other Lil Yachty. He seems like a very interesting person. Is there a big Yachty? I don't know. See, there's so many little guys. I don't know about the big guys. I think it will, I think in the 90s, you wanted to be big. You wanted to be a big pun. You wanted to be a big anagram. You wanted to be a large palindrome. All kinds of hip-hop rap names. And now today, everybody wants to be little. You got Lil Wayne. You got Lil Yachty. Lil this, Lil that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Eggs so fluffy. They're like little pillows for your bacon. Bacon pillows. I like that. <laughs> you should watch Parks and Recreation all the way through. I will. Moving on. Uh, it's been a big week. A listener Mark writes to say he wrote a really nice email and I'm going to redact all the very nice things he said, but he said things uh, as regards uh, uh, parenting and things. And I think what he said that I, 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 we should mention is he said something like it used to be when you guys talked about parenting. What did he say? Something like it's like when Marco talks, talks about cars and I instantly knew what he meant. But now that he has one of these awful little things of his own, he appreciates it more. Mm -hmm. So thank you to listener this is not really that good, but I'm going uh, to put it out. No, no, for me, from picking. I, this will annoy people because it's parenting related, but I think it's a good question. He says, I have a possible question for you both. That is, how did you find information after having your firstborns? I'm in a sea of contradictory mom blogs. Sing it, sister. Do any of you, <laughs> perchance, uh, have any book recommendations? There's such low content out there that I found any advice would be appreciated. This is a very good question. And I have one of my usual trick answers to it, but I, I totally agree. Thank you, listener Mark, and I totally agree with well, you. Well, what's your answer? Contradictory mom blogs. Yeah. I, uh, here's what I wrote down this morning is that I think, I think there's a paradox at play here, which is for me, and I think for most people, you know, male, female, gender, sex, whatever, anybody, your first kid, you're so freaked out about not being prepared. Mm-hmm. Anyway, whatever your anxieties are, guess what? Now you got a big map you can roll out of all your anxieties for all the ways you're going to screw up your kid because you were ill-prepared or because like you didn't learn enough and you didn't know enough. And so I was, you know, I'm that kind of guy. Like I was just, anytime an idea gets in my head, I buy the O'Reilly book. Like with this, we had this entire like shelf of books to learn about how to not screw up your kid, right? And the, the books and the magazines and classes, we had classes, we had like two different sets of classes we took about how not to ruin a fresh baby title. And, and I, I brought that all on myself because of my own paralyzing anxiety, which comes from a good place of like, I don't want to ruin this kid 
or accidentally like do something horrible. Like what could be worse? You're just, you're reeling with this because you're, you can't even, you're bringing a new human being into your home and your life. Like how crazy is that? The two of you in most cases, in our case, the two of us are going to have a third person in our house. We haven't met yet. We've just agreed that they can be here now. That's so weird. I need another book. And then on the other hand, there's all of this, like what you unintentionally get from the people in your life, you know, like, like well-meaning people that are like telling you what to do and how to do it. And in those cases, a lot of those people are with all due respect, either humble bragging or trying to persuade themselves that they did everything right. That is my opinion on that. So like, I don't know. I, I mainly wanted to just say like, I totally agree. And I think there, there, like, there are whole industries out there that are just built around leveraging people's anxiety yes. about having a oh, kid. Yes. And I think the thing is, like, so like, if, if the question is, what resources can I find for being a better parent when I feel overwhelmed by all of these resources about being a better parent, that might in part be your answer right there. Is that like, I'm not saying like, don't go learn, don't take classes, don't listen to people. But like, I think the best thing that you can do is try to quiet that voice that's driving you to feel that anxiety or uncertainty or incompletion about it because you will always have that and you'll always be behind. I mean, now, of course, listener Mark already knows this. He's got a kid. Like, you're always going to be behind. But like, you know, it's, I guess, how you conduct yourself, how you roll, how you try to learn and how you try to be, I don't know, open about learning new things and about learning from places that aren't the obvious things in mommy blogs. Because that stuff is, man, that's just... I mean, to me, that's like trying to improve your sexual performance by buying Hustler. It's like, <laughs> no, that's really that's about not. another thing you already have it for. Like, that's not actually going to help your, your partner be happier. Because, like, they're just feeding on that anxiety that we all have. And, like, you know, it's not so different. I mean, to different degrees and in a different way, but it's sort of like the self-help bracket. Where it's like, no, God, like the best thing you can do is just go do your go do your work and fix the stuff that's broken when it breaks. But like, oh my God, you will stay on that treadmill forever if you try to keep getting. I mean, even when our teacher recommends a book, I we go and we buy the book. Like, you know, here's how to have grit, or here's how to do math, or whatever. And you go and you get the book, and like a third of it is kind of like an ad for other stuff the person does. Right. And it's all about why they wrote the book and the problem with these other things in the past. And it's like I mean, how do you give somebody a book on how to be a good person? Like, well, I don't know. Are there that many people that are good people that learned it from a book? Like, I don't know. It's frustrating. Well, you know, what's, but your, here, what's your well, opinion on this? You got two now. You got two. Yeah. I you don't know? know. You know, the whole the whole thing about being prepared, I think it's so natural because anytime you enter into a a situation that seems unknown and is completely unknown and unknowable unless you go through it you know like you you don't i as a human being we don't like that you know like if i if you knew that you were gonna have to fly on a plane for the first time what would you want to do well um, i'd like to learn about if let's say you're worried about it you would say okay well how does a plane work i can read about that i can watch videos on youtube that, that explain how it works i can see pictures and videos of people on a plane and i can get the idea so that by the time you actually get on the plane you're pretty familiar with every aspect of it and i think that's like, natural how do, how do i prepare 
there's such a funny human thing. This is such a Dan and Merlin Buddhist thing, but like, like how do I proactively prepare for the anxiety? I'm pretty sure I'm going to feel once I'm on a plane, even though I've never been on a plane. Yeah. Like, Whoa, let's just big step back. Like, not that that won't happen, but like really think about that for a minute. I remember when I was totally freaking out because, you know, we were months away from my first kid being born and our, uh, our friend, friend of the show, Jeffrey Zeldman, I was talking to him about it and he had a, he had a, has a daughter who's a few years older than my oldest kid. And he said, you know what? He said, don't worry about it. He said, you're, you're going to do everything. You will just know how to do it and you'll be fine. And as dumb as that advice kind of sounds when I say it out loud and, and he, it, it's absolutely true, you will just do it. And it's the same way that like, when you get a cat and you put it down by the litter box, like it just starts using the litter box. Um, it just does. Like no matter it, no matter how many books you read, yeah, it will. It, it will <laughs> that's just how it will turn out. It will just work. Like you, you will do fine. You will be able to change the diapers. And it's also funny how much crap they try and sell you when that. Well, you're going to need this kind of wipe warmer, and you're going to need this kind. My for all the crap that we bought for our first kid. With our second kid, I think she had like a like a blanket and a ball. And I think, you know, and like her first toy was like, well, make sure your first your child's first experience with a toy has primary a zebra ze- and primary colors and zebra stripes. They're very attractive to those. Well, black and white zebras. Right. Like my- these cards with black and white animals on them. We yeah. totally did. We bought black and white animal cards. And that's why my child is a genius. Yeah. My second Most child had like a like a, a, a plastic spoon and she's fine. You know what I mean? The like, next one's going to have a third of a ball. That's right. It's like they, <laughs> it's they don't need Zeno's paradox. They don't need anything. They don't need anything. You don't need anything to raise your but kid. You feel like you do. The I know. best advice, the, the most. In, in the, again, you can only look at this in retrospect. But the most like sage advice I got was from Matt Howie. And one day, Matt said, "Look, people are going to tell you so much stuff." He's like, "Get tons of onesies and a bunch of diapers, and that's really the that's preparation." It. That you He's need. so right. Those are not. Those are not. You can't argue about whether those are useful or good. Whatever. If you want to scrape poop out of your diapers because it's green, get that kind of diaper. And welcome to a whole new world. <laughs> Whatever you do, get a bunch of those. Get a bunch of onesies so you don't have to do too much laundry. Get a bunch of diapers so you don't have to do too much shopping or worry about running out. And then just try to sleep when you can. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. so freaking true. That's it. Diapers, onesies, you know, some, some wipes and a towel. Like that's all that you need to be an excellent parent for the yeah, first what is it, two a years. And a ball? Is, that what, is that what she had? A bunch yeah, of ball? Something like that. A bunch of ball, that's good. Um, uh, we should wrap, but I have a, uh, a quote that I, uh, I find so useful in life. Yeah. Uh, you know, at different times when I've struggled with projects, I have found this useful as a parent. I find this useful. Let me find the exact quote. I'll edit this, uh, this part out. I figured, I figured you would. The story goes that. Uh, Federico Fellini <clears throat> was going through a midlife crisis, um, and so he, you know, he'd done these um, Italian neorealist films that were highly lauded. And then people were kind of bagging on him because he wasn't being a realist anymore, and he was in his, I guess, forties, and he just wasn't sure what to do with himself. And he ended up making Eight and a Half, which a lot of people it varies a lot, but it's it's one of my favorites of his movies, probably my favorite. Um, but he was really struggling with it because he'd always intended it to be a comedy; that he did not want this to be a serious you know, like a ponderous, you know, movie. So the story goes that eventually one day he took a piece of tape 
And he wrote something on that piece of tape and stuck it next to the eyepiece on the camera. And I don't speak Italian, but it said, Ricordate c'è un film comico. Basically, he wrote on a piece of tape by the eyepiece, remember, this film is supposed to be a comedy. Mm. I think you could do worse in life than writing that on a piece of tape and putting it on your life. Because <laughs> if you decide, you can, your, your experience with your child and your life can either be a tragedy or a comedy for a variety of reasons. But it will seem so impossible some days, but just remember this film is supposed to be a comedy. And you will handle things so much better. Like, poop can be tragic or funny. It's just, it depends which Fellini you want to be. I like that. Fan. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's button this up. Okay. I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.